Hello, and welcome to another episode of I Own a Business, where we focus on helping practice owners build the practice of their dreams. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Vargo. At least I'm normally the host of the I Own a Business podcast, but on this one, I'm actually the guest. Recently, I was interviewed by Eric Matei, who is president of Akronos. Akronos works with doctors who are starting or purchasing a practice, and you can find out more about them at akronos.com. That's A-K-R-I-N-O-S. Definitely check them out. And just to give you some background on the the interview and, and why Eric reached out to me, I had posted something on social media that triggered a discussion. And based on that, Eric reached out and asked me if I wanted to come on to his podcast to share some more of my thoughts on that. So so here's what I posted. The best practices are not constantly trying to motivate people. They just have better systems in place and they manage the systems. That's much easier than constantly managing and motivating people. So would you agree or, or disagree with what I had posted? In this episode, we attempt to answer the question, Which is more effective when it comes to managing employees, motivation, or systems? Hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Acrinos Access. I'm your host, Eric Matei, joined today by Dr. Steve Vargo for a really insightful conversation that uh, originated in a LinkedIn thread, as many great ideas do these days. It's all about creating motivational systems in your practice. And uh, many of us have come to know Dr. Vargo, uh, uh, acclaimed writer, speaker, consultant. And uh, Dr. Vargo, so excited for you to come on Acrinus Access to have this uh, explore this concept of motivational systems. Hey, man, it is great to be here. My only concern in this interview is matching your energy level. So here's what I did, Eric. Before I got on, I had eight cups of coffee and two Red Bulls just to try to keep up. So let's see how this there goes. Awesome, man. Well, look, let's go ahead and jump right into it. And uh, let's start with maybe sharing with everyone, again, where this originated. It was kind of a thought-provoking LinkedIn post that you made. So why don't you give a little backstory to it? So it was actually a Twitter post that then I I copied it over to Instagram and then somebody copied it and put it in a Facebook group. So I actually wrote it down because I, I, my memory is not that good. I don't remember exactly what I wrote, but then I'll explain why I wrote it. So here it goes. This was started with a tweet. The best practices I've seen are not constantly trying to motivate people. They just have better systems in place and they manage the systems. That's much easier than constantly managing and motivating people. And Eric, when we talked before, I mentioned the, you know, sometimes you you create a lot of stuff too for social media. And sometimes you put a lot of effort into it. You edit it, you make it all pretty and you put it out there. And then sometimes you just throw something out into the world. This actually came, uh, I just kind of threw this out into the world after somebody reached out with a, a question I get all the time is how do I set up a bonus plan that's going to motivate people? And I think it goes way beyond that. We've got to look beyond just dangling some money in front of people and hoping it motivates. But how do we create better systems that are going to improve production in a practice? Yeah, and I, and it's really interesting because when we talk about systems and we kind of look at the the component parts, right? There's kind of this this departmental side, but then the management side. So why don't you why don't we kind of expand on that and talk a little bit about organizational structure of the modern practice and the role of management and the role of departments as it pertains to 
creating these motivational systems. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of communication is involved. So you've, you obviously work with startups and the, the management model management model for a startup is usually the, it's the owner is, is everything, right? You're the manager, you're the doctor, you're the plumber, you're the electrician, you're everything. But as a practice begins to grow, by nature of the role, the doctor gets pulled more and more away from what's going on with the management duties. So there's some point where you do probably need to delegate somebody or hire somebody to take on more of the management responsibilities. And then as the business continues to grow, sometimes maybe you'll have departmental managers. I do think the owner the owner doesn't have to be responsible for managing everything. I do think they should be the visionary, like any CEO of a business. Where are you trying to sure. take this? What is the bigger vision? But making sure that you communicate that to if you're, you know, if you don't have a manager, making sure that you're communicating that to your team or if you have a manager or managers, making sure that you're communicating that to the um, to your management, to your leadership team as well. And we and, and also with an open ear to listening to their ideas. But we, we can get into that as we move along. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you, you hit a word that's coming to be a, a word that I'm a very big fan of, and that is delegation. And um, but in the context of that, you also pointed out the importance of communication, but also the, the the structure, right? Like you can't just blindly hand something off, delegate something out uh, without having the structure around it. And that structure being expectation on deliverables, uh, timeline, follow up, what have you, basically all those all those components we need so as to maintain accountability to you know, again, CEO, owner as visionary, then having the the structure in place so that the team, the departments can can really come together and get it done. So let's let's expand on that then, talking about getting things done. Uh, this is absolutely, you know, when we look at the modern practice today, they come in all shapes and sizes with really unique specialties, uh, different modes of practice. So let's talk a little bit about getting things done, SOPs, some of the day-to-day. Yeah. So we're already talking about a more systematic approach, right? Than just saying, if we grow a certain percentage, everybody gets a bonus, but there's really not clarity put around. You know, I always ask people, what do you expect people to do differently? Because it's really within the actions, right? It's kind of like a fitness trainer just saying, hey, here's the goal, lose 20 pounds. A fitness trainer sure. doesn't do that. A fitness trainer gives you a plan. It gives you an action plan. Here's the, the exercises you need to do. Here's the days you need to exercise. Here's the nutrition plan we need to stick to. And I, I think sometimes we fall short of that. I like to call it lazy leadership, which is basically just throwing out a bonus out there. And then if we hit it, everyone gets a reward, just hoping that people are going to respond to that. So I think setting clear expectations initially, not just if we hit this bonus, I'm just going to use a, a round number. If we grow 10%, right? What does everyone need to do differently? What behaviors need to change? What actions need to happen? And, and getting clear on that. You mentioned another key word too, which is accountability and making sure that there's accountability mechanisms in place. So, and that's where the communication for me comes in. A lot of people dodge accountability because they're just not comfortable with confrontation, but it really doesn't have to be co confrontational. If you're clear on what the expectations are, and then you just set meeting times with, it might be with a department, it might be with an individual where they have to give sort of a status update back to you on here's where we're at. And in general, 
you know, my favorite definition of accountability is getting people to perform in a way in which they know in advance they're going to have to answer for their performance at a later date. So when people understand that my manager, my leader, my boss is going to sit down, I'm, I'm going to have to report back to them on outcomes. It changes the dynamic of, of how I show up to work. Absolutely. And, and you know, to, to the two of the key things that you mentioned there, one being talking about, you know, incentive, like talking on the bonus front, right? Um, and rather than just haphazardly tossing out a figure associated with some uh, whatever generic goal, however, however it's arrived to, but uh, I think it's important here, looking at the economics of the modern practice with so many dynamics going on in the business, that there needs to be some level of feasibility study, some level of strategic planning around that, right? Um, and whether it's bonus or even these other big decisions that doctors will make, right? Well, when to add an associate to the practice, hey, is now the time for me to, you know, I've got two years left on my lease. Am I in a position to be able to go purchase a piece of real estate? Kind of, so some of the business fundamentals from like a feasibility study analysis, whether it's something seismic like cold starting a practice, which, you know, we do, we do a, a lot of, or something even even smaller in scale as setting up that bonus system. It needs to be sustainable for the economics of the practice through and through. Uh, something else that you mentioned that I think is really important to, to, to point out as well is uh, the plan, right? Like having that strategic plan, going back to, you just toss out a 10%, you know, X bonus on X growth goal without any sort of structure and plan for the team. And I think this is, I'd love to maybe shift into talking a little bit about engaging the team and empowering the team, because I know you're very passionate about that. I know you've written and you you speak a lot about that, Dr. Vargo. But, um, you know, so you have the strategic plan. How do we then empower people to go in and implement the plan and, and kind of be sure that things are moving along in the in the system? So anyone in a leadership position, if you want to be effective, it requires you to do something that I don't think necessarily comes natural to everyone in a leadership position. And it sounds counterintuitive, but it's it's to let go of control. Sure. Otherwise, what are you doing? You're essentially micromanaging people, but you're also saying that I'm always the one who knows what's right. And, and we're not. So the interesting thing about our team is they have insight to a lot of things that we might not be aware of, right? They're in, to a large degree, especially if you're the doctor and you spend 80 to 90% of your time in a dark room in the back, you're not aware of a lot of the things going on up front. So I want to hear, you know, if, if the staff has ideas to make things better, to remove obstacles, to remove bottlenecks, to be more efficient. I think we need to be open to uh, to listening to their ideas and, and very receptive of those ideas. And I think it's the most important thing from a leadership standpoint is knowing what the outcome is, but you don't necessarily, you can define the outcome, but you don't necessarily have to define the process. If we're looking at, at the topic of this from a motivational standpoint, you're going to have, have a hard time motivating people when you're just constantly setting edicts that this is, this is what I want, go do it versus this is the out, this is the desirable outcome. And let me hear everyone's ideas. How do you think we can get there? What problems have you noticed? What bottlenecks can we remove? What ideas do you have and a willingness to, um, to implement other people's ideas, unless somebody comes up with something that's so off the wall that it's going to, you know, it's like, oh, we absolutely can't do this. And also understanding that sure. not everybody can have their way, right? But listening to everyone's ideas, I think, creates an environment where people will keep coming to you with ideas. 
otherwise you get into a situation where you'll you'll create the type of environment that nobody wants it's that environment where you're you know people are just standing around waiting to be told what to do it's the exact opposite of of a motivate uh of a of motivation right yeah yeah and i i think it's 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 clear that is definitely a distinguishing factor between organizations that that thrive and i mean look presumably we've got uh a, a eye care professionals that, that are that are teaming into this but really let's think about the practice just as any other business or any other organization uh really important to realize how it's 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 leveraging the strengths of everyone and, and these unique diverse perspectives you pull all that together and you know it, the 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 whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? That's where you really start to have that 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 growth, that that value of the enterprise. Um, let's let's now segue into since we're talking about pulling the team in, right? You delegate, but you don't delegate from an island. You delegate being there amongst the 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 team, um, but still looking to them to inform direction, give feedback, uh, and the list can go on. So let's talk a little bit about the modern practice as a workplace. Um, kind of some of what you're seeing out there. I know, again, Dr. Vargo, you, you work with tons of practices. You speak all over uh, and, and what have you. So what are you seeing these days, finger on the pulse, as far as like the modern practice as a workplace, both for, for staff, also for associate doctors, Well, yeah, and it's it's become challenging in this environment because as and I, this isn't unique to to eye care, but hiring right now is is become a challenge and retention of employees and even hiring associate ODs as well. So, you know, I, I think there's probably never been a time more important than to really sharpen your leadership skills. And to and to create that environment where people feel like they're they're making a contribution. I, I think it generally people like to see their own ideas succeed. So it's one of the yeah. things that I'm so passionate about. This is is creating that environment and balancing. You know, you you can get again very clear on what it is that you want to build. It's your baby. It's your practice. But but inviting people in and making them feel like they're part of the of the process. And it's it's gotten more challenging because what a lot of offices are dealing with, as you know, is is higher turnover. Um, you know, people want more money, and some of the complaint is that they're not, you know, we're not getting the same caliber of employee that maybe we did years ago, but people still want more money. So it's um, it's become challenging. But I, I think it's ever important to continue to make sure that you're clear. For me, clarity is the starting point for leadership, and get a really clear on yeah. what it is. If you're not clear on where you're going, then how can you expect others? to be there. It's so it's setting, knowing where you want to go, setting clear expectations for others. We haven't really talked about this, but training and development is so many offices struggle with that. And then they they'll say, well, I'm not getting the kind of productivity I want out of people, but there's really not a good training system in place. So training people, putting people in positions of strength, you know, some people are just more suited than certain positions. And can we, can we move them into a position where they're going to be be stronger and, and putting mechanisms of accountability in place and for yourself as well? That's not just for others, but what you say that you're going to follow through on as far as your role as a, as a leader, as a manager, as a doctor, making sure that you're following through with that and setting the example for others. Yeah, I think leading by example is definitely another one of those huge things that uh, 
clearly when, when it when it's done, wow. I mean, the 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 amazing things tend to happen when one leads by example, right? And I think when particularly in this context, I mean, let's think of the modern practice for a lot of for a lot of staff, presumably those coming in with no industry experience prior, you know, there's there's doctor up here and then staff down here. So to be able to be that uh, that servant leader to your team and also lead by example, saying what you're going to do and doing what you're going to say is 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 so vital now. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts also on, you know, in the context of a, 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 an employment environment where there's so much competition for people and there's a lot of turnover uh, and what have you. Let's talk about compensation and benefits compared to structure and systems, because there's some debate out there. I know you'll see some of the periodicals uh, debate out there, whether it's like, okay, do people want more money or do they want kind of, uh, uh, you know, other things in the, in the workplace that isn't necessarily always, always money, but we'd love to get your, your thoughts on that. Yeah. And just to follow up real quick on the leadership by example standpoint, the people are watching and you have to be as a leader, they are watching you. You do define the culture. I I had an office once and it it was the doctor. He said, I'm getting really aggravated with my staff because I've got a few that keep showing up late and he's going on and on about this. And then he kind of drip in at some point. Well, I know I get here, you know, five, 10 minutes late, you know, I'm like, well, hang on a second. You know, if you want everybody else, if that's a priority for you and that's, that's important to you, you got to be there on time or early. You know, you can't be walking in eight minutes late on a regular basis and then complain to the staff. Well, I know you're the owner, but still they're watching you to see what, um, you, you, you're defining the culture. So as far as pay goes, it's a good question. And I don't know if there's a, a, a specific right or wrong answer, and it comes up a lot with associate ODs, right? Do we just pay them a flat sure. rate? Do we build in an incentive bonus? I do think when you're hiring new people, they tend to look at that overall number. They tend to look at the salary. They tend to look at the hourly rate. I think you need to be competitive with that. Um, I think bonuses can be good in some cases, not always. Sometimes they don't work. I've got my fair share of calls, as you probably have as well. Like we put this bonus structure in place and it didn't change anything. And again, that's what we get when we don't have systems and we just dangle money there and they'll complain that it didn't change anything, but now I'm just paying out more money for, and it, what, what happens if then it becomes an entitlement. And then if you take it away, you're, you know, you're in trouble for doing that. So that that's why it's so important with bonuses to have systems in place. But yeah, I think offices are being somewhat forced to have good, you know, out, whether it's an hourly rate or whether it's a salary to remain competitive, and then in, in some cases, if you feel like the staff will respond to it, having a maybe a bonus system in place as well. Yeah. And and, and something certainly not to be forgotten in all this that you've, that you've stressed a, a few times here, and that is leadership, right? So take the time to create the strategic plan and then lead your organization, lead your practice, lead your team to execute the plan. So uh, So let's talk a little bit about then, you know, motivational systems i mean we as we're kind of wrapping things up here we started with tossing out this concept of huh, motivational systems uh so what do you think dr vargo i mean what do you think for for listeners out there that are like you know what yeah i see so much potential in my practice i'm ready to take a stand and like really take it to the next level what do you think would be some keys to having these good motivational systems in place 
it all ties in and I'll give you three things I would focus on. It, it ties in with, with creating systems, but also increasing the level of motivation in the office. Um, one thing we don't, and, and I'll just, again, highlight something we've already talked about is autonomy is, is empowering the people on your team. Are you really doing that? I think most of us know that, but are you really comfortable doing that? Letting go of that control and, and welcoming the ideas and letting them, you know, a, a lot of good leaders, they, they, let other people come up with ideas and they support their ideas, their support, they're there to support them. Um, another one is, and we don't think about this as a lot, but are you training and developing your team? Not just training. I like to separate those two words because I think a lot of times when we look at training, we think of this sort of thing we do with an endpoint, right? And I understand right. the need for that when you bring on, let's say somebody who has no experience and you need them to be a, a doctor's tech, right? There, there's got to be some form of onboarding process to get their skills up, up to that level. But is there ongoing development? Are you continually pouring into that employee and making them better at their job? Now, how is that motivational? Well, science actually shows that when we feel a greater sense of mastery over what we do, we're going to be more motivated to do it. So the more we know, and I think you'll see that in your employees, the more you develop them, what regardless of what their role is, the more excited you get to work with other people and kind of share what you know. And, and the third one I would say is just, are we explaining the why behind what we're doing? So instead of just talking at your staff that these are the responsibilities, these are the tasks that they need to do, um, are we explaining why, we, why we're doing this? How does it benefit the practice? How does it benefit the patient? How does it benefit that employee? Because a lot of the things that we're asking them to do, it, it all ties in. It creates a better work environment, which hopefully improves revenues for the practice, which allows you to hire more people and give raises and give bonuses, which is what we're talking about and create a better work atmosphere. So, you know, those are three things, continue developing your employees, um, empower them, you don't micromanage and, and be clear with the why behind why we're, why we're doing things the way we're doing them. So they understand the value that they're adding it and how it benefits them as well. Yeah. Oh man. Dr. Vargo, what a what a what a really inspired conversation here. I really hope that uh, all of our listeners out there uh, have enjoyed this as much as I have hanging out with Dr. Steve. I'm Vargo. just going on Red Bulls, man, and coffee. I'm going to crash here, and I'm, you got all my good stuff on uh, caffeine and whatever they put in Red Bull. That's all you're getting right now. That's funny. <laughs> That's good. Awesome. Well, uh, Dr. Steve Vargo, uh, I guess before we go, um, how can folks get in touch with you? Um, let's see. We've got. I had a little glitch in my system here, but wanted to get your contact info up here on the screen. How can folks get in touch with you? Uh, LinkedIn is good. I guess you just put a link up right there. Um, email, if you want to reach out, it's S-V-A-R-G-O at, at idoc.net. That's I-D-O-C.net. You can reach me there. And um, yeah, love to hear from you. Excellent. And as far as your books, um, I can't believe we went through this entire episode and didn't, didn't comment. Why don't you just uh, briefly share your content and where folks can get... Uh, some of yourself. Yeah. And one of them is right out of a book I wrote called Eye on Leadership. So I really take a deeper dive if this sort of thing interests you. Um, and then a, a few others on on selling. I'm, I'm a big communication guy and I've, I've really tried to understand the art of that better, both from in, from interacting with, um, with, with staff, but, you know, with patients as well. So if you, I, I actually have a personal website. If you go there, you can see all the books. It's, it's drstevevargo.com. Drstevevargo.com. Well, uh, Dr. Steve Vargo, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on Acrinos Access. Had a ton of fun. And um, yeah, folks, 
definitely uh, the opportunity, the horizon is bright for private practice and a motivational systems absolutely can help you get to the next level. Uh, we have all of us here at Acrinos. Eric Matei signing off. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Great seeing you, Eric.